So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> You can't see the wizard. How else are they picking up our voices? That, Guys, this is going to shock you, but we use a microphone. We use when a we microphone record. when we record. It's a nice we one. Can't, we can't have that well, showing. This makes me have to be like a little, uh, little bit like. A little too awkward. Like, this is. No, you don't have to do it because you're. No, but if I friend. match you, though, then it oh, makes okay. more sense. I guess so I could if do we this. do this, this the whole fun. time. Hi! Hi! Hey guys, welcome back. We have uh, we got a couple people tuning in here. We got a couple people live on the gram. Uh, welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Uh, my name's Ben Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. Wow, we haven't done this in we so long. Done this in a while. I'm Megan Carver, and I'm a cine newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Wow, lots to get into today. So Let's much. check in. So much. Hope you guys are doing well and safe and being healthy out there. Uh, healthy in there. In and in, actually inside because Don't. you should not be outside unless you although I to. Uh, my friend Rebecca was at home and she was watching Disney movies and she put on Hunchback of Notre Dame and she's like it's too soon <laughs> it's too, it's too but soon. it's also too real I can't it's too much for me because you relate to Quasi because I'm all of a sudden I relate to Quasimodo in a completely different way now and we're all gonna look like Quasimodo I mean this exactly is all done. <laughs> we're gonna, gonna come be... out with humps and like we're, gargoyles is our friends, we're gonna but it's try gonna be to like, go to to the to the marketplace, but we right, have like our have hood on, and people like, look at our gonna, faces. That's and what like, we're ah. gonna be doing is we gradually go back to the salon and back to the brow place. Like we're all gonna look awful. Barbers and salons. Are oh going my god, to be they are going so to fucking explode busy. in like a month from it's now. Gonna be it's gonna be really good business for them. Yeah. In the interim, there are going to be lots of mistakes made and lots of boxed colors purchased, yep. which is not going to go well. A lot of self haircuts, yep. but a lot of eyebrows that are going to be growing out. I'm trying to decide A lot decide of chest hair that's going to be untamed. Cut my bangs. Yourself? Yeah. Please like, don't. I don't. Well, because then otherwise it's just like this. I like, would rather cut your bangs than have you cut your bangs. I, you're not going to cut my bangs. I'm, I'm not, not going to have bangs. you cut my bangs. No, not at all. Go no. No, you can't cut my bangs. Um, Maybe I could cut your bangs for charity. No. No. Would you guys be interested in that? No. Me cutting Megan's bangs for charity. No, 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 Leave no. Leave a comment in the uh in the in the comment <sighs> section and we'll uh, we'll take a look. Hi Jacob. Hi Jacob. We're actually really excited. Our friend Jacob Bean Watson has a podcast uh called Disney Channel Surfers. Uh, which he and his sister actually go back and watch some old school Disney movies and series and they review them and talk about how awesome they were or like, what did we watch as kids? Uh, so, you know, if you watch Darkwing Duck mm. or Gummy Bears, um, did anybody di watch Gummy Bears? I, I didn't watch Gummy Bears. You didn't watch Gummy Bears or the Wuzzles? Wuzzles, anybody? I know of the shows, I just didn't watch them. No, all right. But like Fox had a bunch of really good lineups. They had like the animated X-Men, the animated Spider-Man, and all of those are on Disney Plus too. I wonder if Jacob reviews so, those. At any yeah, rate, we're, we're going to be uh, likely uh, getting on his podcast hopefully yeah. in the next couple of weeks to chat about some stuff. So Absolutely. stay tuned for that. Okay. Um, other than that, hi, Samantha. Hi. 
Um, so, uh, yeah. So, how are you, Ben? I'm good. Just, uh, you know, sequestered. Sequestered. Everyone else. Lost a in lot the of, wilderness. Oh. Oh my gosh. I can't tell if that's the wind, though. It's not, because the trees aren't moving. the trees aren't moving. That's just rain. That's just that's hardcore just heavy rain. Rainfall. That's, I wonder uh, if that's going to be picked up. Oh, it totally is. Totally picked what? up. We, uh, we're out in the woods oh again. Gosh. We're out in the woods of New Hampshire. And uh, it's been really stormy today, so we're yes. just uh, waiting the storm out as everybody else is. I couldn't work out in the garage. <laughs> Have, I have a we difficult have a gym set up life. in the garage, uh, and we couldn't use it today because it was freezing. Freezing outside, outside and uh, there's wind and rain and yeah. nonsense. But I'm doing rate. well, you know. Uh, just waiting for all this to pass, but hoping everyone out there is doing well and good. And mm-hmm. uh, I think my family is well and good. I think everybody has everything they need. So yes. What's that's all um, that matters. What's one fun thing that you and Rocket have done since being here? Because we're in a very different environment we for our morning walks. We have gone on some amazing walks because we're very blessed to be up here in in the uh, in the woods. So there's a lot of like hiking trails and stuff like that. Like and Portland. he's just gone completely crazy. Yes. So yeah, he's sniffing everything and, and he fell also, into the creek. He gets he fell into the creek. That's <laughs> because it was right. a snow day. We got like eight inches of snow, and then he just ran, and then he just dropped into the water, which was pretty fun. Yep, and he's not he doesn't he's not really been outdoors all that much. No, I mean like in wilderness ish. but yeah. we've never he's, gone. He's camping. a city dog. He's like, a he's city a Manhattan dog. He's become dog, a, a so. city dog now. Yeah, yeah, like our daily walks are always an adventure. Right. So, yeah. How are you? Good. Really good. Uh, I actually, someone uh, had uh, reached out to me, actually my friend Patrick, who does the podcast Why I'll Never Make It, which is a great podcast if you're an actor. Yes. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, he had been posting about like, hey actors, if you are having an interesting experience during, you know, this whole COVID thing, please reach out. And I'm like, I've had a great experience because <laughs> like this is probably the first time since we've moved here that I've had consistent auditions yeah. because I don't have to get up at the ass crack of dawn to go and wait in line to see if I'll get seen. Yeah. So a lot of places that normally you would have to wait to see if you get seen are accepting submissions from non-union actors. Yeah, this will really change the landscape as far as I hope so. non-union actors being able to actually be seen. Right. And uh, hopefully introduce and inject a lot of new talent into yes. at least what we have regionally here in the Northeast. And hopefully make things easier for casting directors yeah. too. Because yeah. like that's a long day for them to be at that that place the casting place yeah like and not get through everybody and there's a lot of pressure and hopefully you can this more or less viewed on your own them. time but at the same time right. you're right i feel like it'll change a lot of the dynamic a lot of people can self-tape now because of the technology we have right it's pretty cheap to get your own setup too yeah i'd say like honestly at the most you'd spend a hundred dollars yeah at the yeah. most to just get and yourself like a, good a light mic. and a stand yeah yeah so that's great yeah yeah so i'm really like this week has been great like i have i'm gonna do a self-tape audition after this um i had one earlier that i three earlier yeah. last week mm-hmm. and i've got another one next weekend so mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling really good, really positive, good. surprisingly positive. Yeah. Um, Unlike the reviews for this movie? My reviews? No, just the reviews in general. Oh, the reviews in general? Yeah. This really? This movie was torn the fuck up. Speaking of being torn the fuck up, <laughs> we, we watched Street, Street Fighter! Fighter! 
this game, this movie based on a video game. I, I have so much to talk about. I saw this movie in the theater. I must have seen it three times. Okay. Like, it was insane. It came out in 1994. So I was 10 years old, hot to trot because I'd been playing a lot of Street Fighter 2. Hot to trot. Uh, and I think I mentioned this during our Mortal Kombat podcast. My older brother worked at an arcade. That's when right. When I was this age. So he was 16, 17. I was 9, nine or 10 years old. But you pay five bucks and every game in the place had free credits. And Street oh. Fighter 2 was in like the back corner area. Uh -huh. And that's where you'd find me. Like, you'd find, like, Street Fighter and, like, Terminator 2. Gotcha. Games like that. But that's where I would be until Mortal Kombat came out, of course. But I still played Street Fighter pretty one. consistently. Yeah. Um, um, really quickly, I'm going to stop this Insta Live. If you're watching this, please go to our YouTube channel to watch us there. Please do. So. Hope to see you there. Bye. Hope to see you there. Bye, guys. So yeah, uh, again, the movie came out in 1994, starring, as everyone probably knows, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, as Colonel Guile, Raul Julia in his last oh. film, not oh. not his last project, but his last movie, Rest His Soul. Uh, Raul Julia plays the antagonist and Bison. Uh, Ming Na Wen. You who, would know Raul Julia also from Adam's yeah, Family. Yeah, he plays Gomez he Adams plays in Gomez the Adam's, Adams Family movies. Adam's Family. Uh, You're not a names person like me. Huge theater background. He was in both the stage and film version of Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Ming Na Wen is also in this movie. She plays Chun Li. She's the voice of the animated Mulan. Mulan, for Disney. which is going to be hopefully coming out. Yeah, hopefully. Soon? We'll see. Maybe maybe Disney will pull a thing like they did with the uh, the interview. Remember when North Korea is like, if oh, you release right. this movie, We're we will kill you. Right. So maybe Disney's like, well, the pandemic's pretty much already nuked everybody. So here's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah, Mulan maybe. for you. Maybe they'll release it on digital. Although I think they kind of already did that by re by releasing Frozen Two on Disney Plus early. Oh, did they do that? They did that. I don't. I haven't watched it I yet. Watched it Stafford's either. told me to watch it. Uh, Kylie Minogue is also in this movie. She plays Cami. Uh, oh a, my god! You didn't realize that was Kylie that Minogue. That was Kylie Minogue. Yeah, she played Cami. Oh my god! Uh, a lot of supporting actors: uh, Byron Mann, Roshan Seth. Uh, let's see, Wes Studi, who plays Sagat, uh, is, is really great in this movie. Jay Taver, who plays Vega. A lot of sort of B and C list celebrities in this, but of course Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia are the, uh, the, the top billing of this movie. Our friend Michelle. But you only remember one of them. Our, yes. <laughs> you only remember our one friend, of these actors. Our friend Michelle actually hung out with the guy who played Vega. Yeah, with Vega. Jay Taver, yeah. Like, they had crepes. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. Crepes with Vega. Crepes he, with Vega. He cut it with his claw. Hey, that's yeah. a great restaurant name. Uh, written and directed by uh, Stephen, e, Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza had a really great run in the 1980s as a screenwriter. He helped write uh, 48 Hours, Another 48 Hours, Die Hard 1 and 2, as well as Commando, I think. So this guy was a really well-known action screenwriter, and he was just chomping at the bit for directorial credit. And at the time, Capcom was looking to right. turn Street Fighter into a film property, give it a holiday release. There is a giant article about the making of this movie. So for those of you who have some time on your hands, which is all of us. We're so busy. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's on Polygon.com. Just look up Street Fighter the movie and Polygon, and there's a great article about how this movie was made, 
the experiences of the actors. Really? What filming was like. It was a shit show. <gasps> but the movie actually grossed uh, ultimately a little over $100 million on a $30 million budget. What? It tanked in the United States. I gave them at least $20 of my money. That's fair. So I helped support that. Right. But at the same time, um, this movie even though it tanked in the U.S., did really well internationally because okay. Street Fighter is a really known, a well-known platform. I feel like it's the same thing as, like, I don't know, I feel like Transformers didn't do as well in the States as it does outside of the States. Well... Am I wrong in that? A lot of those movies are, like, made for Chinese for, audiences. Right, so part of me wonders, was this made knowing that it would be... I don't think... Well, Capcom is based in Japan, so video games were equally as big in Japan as they were in the United States. Hmm. So it's not surprising to me that it did well overseas plus you have an international cast you take a look at this movie poster if you can get on imdb and look at it you see this in the movie theater you're like you're like get the fuck out of here you have like van damme front and center and then you have raul julia in his big dictator pose but you also have all the street fighters kind of like lining the lining the poster and as a video game player you see that shit and you're like oh my god (laughs) they made it into a movie I mean, Where okay. Where do we start? Here's though. the thing. You, so, you took a lot of notes. I didn't take any. Notes. I took a lot of notes because I. Here's the thing. I didn't dislike this movie. Mm-hmm. I need to start out with that. I did not dislike this movie. That's good to hear. That being said, this would not be a movie that I'd be like. You know what I want to watch? Oh man. I was. You know. Right. I. But the, at the same time, it's like it's like when we did we watched Mortal Kombat. Yes. The Mortal Kombat movie I actually prefer over this. I would agree to an extent. It depends on what kind of movie you're in the mood for. Exactly. So I think for either of them, you need to know that you are coming in for, and this is something that we referred to in our top grossing episode, the Greatest Showman episode. This is a McDonald's movie. And what I mean by that is that it's not like this substantial, amazing plot. It's not heady. I agree. It's fun. It's easy. It gets you all psyched up. You got the sugar and the salt, and it's it is what it is. You can't go to McDonald's and expect a like porterhouse steak. <laughs> you you got to take this for what it is, which exactly. is a happy meal. Exactly. It is a happy meal. It I, is a McDonald's. I think movie. it is a better movie than Greatest Showman. I well, because I think it's a different movie than Greatest. It Showman. It is, but Greatest Showman tried to convince me that P.T. Barnum was a good person, and he was not. Even right. though he was played by the most charming man in Hollywood, right? You can't convince me that he was. This movie is unabashedly and unashamedly exactly what it pretends to be. Which is why I liked it. I don't know why the movie is called Street Fighter, though, because there's no one fighting in the streets. so little fighting in this movie, and that actually (laughs) made me frustrated. Until the last 20 minutes when this movie loses its goddamn mind. In the last 20 minutes of the movie, I (laughs) wrote down so many times, what is happening? It explodes. The movie explodes at the end. It really does. So, like, if you take it for what it is, that it's ridiculous, it's funny, it's a McDonald's movie then you're going to have a great time. Right. If you go in expecting something different, you're going to be disappointed. So this is great for like, you know, if you've got kiddos that are hyper and you're trying to get them to focus on something and you want them to wear themselves out afterwards, right. fake practicing karate, yeah. put it on. This is perfect. I I really loved the characters. Mm. Because they're so ridiculous. (laughs) The only one that bothered me was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Was Guile, yeah. Because he's 
horrible. And he had to ADR like 80% of his dialogue in this movie. Which like, normally ADR bothers me. Yeah. I actually didn't mind the ADR really? in this. No, because it almost seemed like it was part of the shtick. Maybe, yeah. Like, And that's all this movie is. It's yeah. like 90s schlock like turned up to 11 uh-huh but the only person who isn't treating it like that is raul julia right i think he took a look at the script and with like some some encouragement from his son his son was like dad you have to do no, this movie. he wasn't gonna do it like, originally. it's street fighter like you have to and there's a couple of cast members that happened to us i think damien chapa who plays ken had the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. His, de- his son was like, you you have to do this movie. It's the mm-hmm. biggest game on earth. And so he's like, yeah, why not? Um, but Raul Julia gives it that sort of theatrical, grounded actor gravitas. And we had you one of our friends, Rachel Foskett, mentioned yeah. that when Rachel saw this movie that like something clicked in her actor brain. And I think I, I experienced the same thing because you see... Raul Julia up there making these giant gestures and like throwing back his cape and like really enunciating and just making a fucking meal out of every single line. And you're like, oh my God, he looks like he's having so much fun. Yes. And I want to do that. So, uh, so here's the other thing. I had such a hard time following the plot. That's because the plot is not completely it's there. not cohesive right. or linear and i have nothing but backstory on this because i i reread the polygon article before the podcast okay so i think some of that will help flesh it okay so let's start out though did you say the plot um not not generally but per imdb the plot that's important of street fighter 2 uh colonel uh, excuse me uh, just street fighter colonel guile played by played by jean-claude van damme and various other martial artist heroes fight against the tyranny of dictator M. Bison and his cohorts. Yeah, yeah. And and the way this movie differentiates for those of you who've seen Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat is set up in like a tournament style. Right. The tournament is sort of part of the plot because these are That's or, what the game is. That, that's essentially what the game Which is. Which is also what I missed about this. And this There wasn't a tournament. The problem with this video game is that there's no there's no tournament setting. It's no. it's it's warriors every warrior represents a specific country. I kept like, waiting. Right, right. There, there's no there's no tournament style plot. No. So the the challenge for Steven D'Souza was how do you make a cohesive plot? When all the characters don't really flow together. Which he sure tried, didn't he? And I think he did. You take you take the antagonist from the game. You take M. Bison. You turn him into like this James Bond style sort of international Evil. terrorist. Right. Who captures a bunch of hostages, uh-huh. holds them for ransom. Uh-huh. And then you have the military guy. Military guy is Colonel trying Guile, to come and get him. Is trying to defeat him and rescue his friends his and rescue the hostages. Which he has his own personal vendetta. Which is a little fuzzy. Also, too, I got some some homoerotic undertones with between that Between him one. and Blanca? Uh, no, between him and Charlie. Well, that, that's who Blanca is. Oh, Blanca. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Charlie, yeah, originally. Yeah, big time. So. Um, I caught that yeah. really intensely. A little bit. Uh, and then there's also Mulan wants <laughs> to go uh, kick his ass because she he killed her, he killed he her, killed her father. father. Right. And then is there a third one? 
Uh, so we have Guile and Chun-Li. We have Ken and Ryu, who are kind of uh, just hustlers working oh, for... Oh, Ken and Ryu. Working for Sagat, who is, like, running guns to bison. Which they stay because they kind of feel morally obligated to yeah. help, but also don't. Van Damme takes them through, like, the hospital of the AN, and he's like, hey, look around you. We need good men, and since you two are prisoners, we're gonna make you do good stuff, and then maybe you can earn your passports home That's some shit like right. that so the plot is barely there it's so we start out with all this like coverage of media of yes. like bison's like being a terrorist yes yes and then we cut to the specific place where like the hostages are being held right Correct. yeah and then there's this journalist mulan mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the actual character name it's is Chun-Li. or the actor name is right. so i'm just gonna keep saying mulan <laughs> What's her character name? Chun-Li. Chun-Li. Yes. Okay, so Chun-Li is there, mm. and she's doing this investigative journal stuff. Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, I have no comment, or whatever he says. Or like, I'm coming for you, Bison. And then he specifically says, Charlie, Charlie, I'm coming for you. Charlie, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Hang in there, Charlie. <laughs> he does that, and then there's one guy that's one of the hostages that's like, <sighs> Who happens to be, like, right in front of Bison at the time. And Bison's like, oh, you're the oh, guy. Oh, you're fucking oh, you're, Charlie. You're oh, that must be. That's All right, we're going to torture you. Yeah. Which it's we're like. We're going to turn you into a monster. So, so. They, they cart Charlie off. They kick ass of all the other hostages and throw them in the ground. Mm. And then what happens? So now that Van Damme is, like, challenging Bison on live news, on live television... Bison's like, okay, well, what do you think about this? You've got three days. If you don't deposit $20 billion into my Swiss account, I'm going to kill all these hostages, and you're going to be responsible for it. Which, he was having him transfer money into a Swiss account so he could make it all into bison money? Essentially. He just needed money to fund his terrorism. I don't understand where the bison money came in. At one point, he shows this big-ass thing, (laughs) this big-ass trunk that's filled with With red dollar bills that has his face on it. I really wanted one of those props. Like, I was hoping... Like, if I were working on the movie, I would take a bison dollar and just, and just frame take it, it home and frame it, yep. you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. I could sell yep. it for so much money. But, okay. So then I wrote those shoulder pads. Um, The guy from... That's another one is uh the the bullfighting guy with the giant braid. And Vega. The, Vega. And then his... Not his bitch. What? What is it in prison where you're the bitch and then the other person is your keeper? I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking Does about? Does anyone know? No. Com- comment below if you know. Comment below. <laughs> well, we I don't know. Anyways, Vega and then the other guy. Sagat. Sagat. Okay, Vega and Sagat. That's another group that yes. is also in all of this. You're, you're sort of introduced to different sects, and these these characters eventually come together and end up sort of choosing sides. Right. Like, you have Guile They're and Kami and T-Hawk are all part of the military. Right. Ken and Ryu get pulled in out of guilt yes. and, and fight for the allies. Chun-Li has her own personal vendetta. Yes. So does... And Honda and Balrog work with her. Right. So, it, all of these characters more or less come together and, again, they choose a side. Like, they choose to fight for good or fight for evil. Either way, they're fighting against Bison Correct. to either take him down or... Uh, no, I guess they're all trying to take him Essentially, down. Essentially, either yeah. take stuff from him or shut it down. And the way D'Souza had to sell this to Capcom because he he needed a pitch to give these video game uh, makers to to get the job as director. Essentially, so you you have 
like 10 to 12 characters in Street Fighter at the time. Like that's a lot. That's, that's too lo- many characters too to keep many track characters. of. And he put them all in the movie, but he only made seven of them Actual, sort of like, the trackable. Principal. Right. He's like, there's a reason there are seven dwarves. There's a reason it's called the Magnificent Seven. Uh, there's a reason Akira Kurosawa had a movie called The Seven Samurai. He's like, seven characters are the most that an audience can actively keep track of. Anything Even more then. than seven is way too much. So he really focused primarily on seven of the characters okay. who are either fighting for good or evil. Okay. But as far as the plot is concerned, there's not a whole lot to it. It's it's in right. service of a lot of action and like a threadbare plot barely hanging on. Right. So, so. then they've... Oh my gosh. It's so hard to remember this plot because like the then Vega and Ken... Ryu. Like, Ryu. Who's Ken? He's the other guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Ken and Ryu. Ryu. Yes. Uh, are the two friends. Ken and Ryu are the two friends, and they go with Sagat and, Sagat Vega. and Vega right. to Bison. Right. And they're trying to get even? No, they're trying to. I can't remember. I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do something. I'm just enjoying. And then. Uh, you explaining the plot. And then, and then you have Jean Claude Van Damme and <laughs> Kylie Minogue yes. are in. Camo, which I don't know who they think they're going to try to blend in with. It's like blue camo. It's, it's like, like blue and brick. So camo. dumb. Right. I don't know what they blend in with. They're like, we're going to go on boats. <laughs> we're going to go on boats and we're going to fucking go take river. this guy down. Right. And then this Finally. smarmy fucking British guy is like, no, you're not. You're not gearing up river. We are going to shut this down. We are going to negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, okay. They told me we can go home. They said we can go home. He's got home. this big Braveheart-style speech. And it's so it's shitty. It's so bad. He's like, we can go home, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go up river and take a boat. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. And his entire army, which is probably 50 people, is yeah, like, yeah! So, right. so they all get on boats, and I'm like, those aren't your fucking boats! <laughs> You're stealing! You're stealing boats from the U.S. <laughs> Army! Not, it's not the U.S. Army, it's the Allied Nations. The Allied Nations! You're <laughs> so stealing, the entire so world. You're stealing boats from the world! <laughs> and they get up, and they head up river, and then, I can't remember why, but only one of them actually gets all the way up because it goes into stealth mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it blends then, into the river. And then, like, Bison tracks it and blows it and up. And starts blowing it up. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme dies, like, three times in this movie. Yes. But he dies three right. times in this movie. Right. And Kylie Minogue is just always concerned and squeaky with braids. <laughs> That's her thing. Concerned and squeaky with braids. Yeah. That was my other thing. Other than Chan... Lee. Chan Lee, mm-hmm. who... Exhibited some awesome fighting. I actually really mm. appreciated the fighting that she did. Yeah. But Kylie Minogue just kind of whined around. I yeah. want. She, she didn't kicked do a few people. She anything. did like. She did like the wrapped her legs around the guy's head and then like flipped him over, like cracked his neck. Oh. We could rewatch it. No, that's okay. <laughs> Put on Mortal Kombat instead. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah. So then they all get to this giant Aztec temple, which that's where it's Bison. It's in Thailand, not. It's not Aztec. But it looks like an Aztec temple. Well, it's it's in Thailand, but it's not Aztec because Aztec is Mexican. Right, I know that. Right. Okay. But it's in Thailand. So it's a Thailand temple. Yes. <laughs> and it's a Thailand temple and... It's Bison's shot on location in Bangkok. Taking over that. And then, so they all go in and there's a gym. And then they all 
find him, and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And so then I thought, once they all got there and they all gotten trapped and Bison's like, I'm gonna kill you, I thought at that point, that's when we would have a tournament. Oh no. That would be so great if Everyone he's like, Everyone just branches off what? and starts fighting in their own sort No, of, it, sort of it could have been like Hunger Games style. Like uh, it could have been like, hey, for my fun, I'm gonna watch you guys tear each other apart instead of killing me and whoever survives will get the chance of fighting me. Uh, that would have been a great idea. But that's Why didn't Mortal we Kombat. do that? But what, Which there... came out eight months later, you know. And so Mortal Kombat was already in arcades when this movie came out. So they knew that they didn't want to do a tournament style. So that's but why that's D'Souza, who is known for writing, you, you can't really form a tournament style game out of Street Fighter because it's not a tournament fighter. It's, it's, it's you. just literally you people fighting in the street? Exactly. Yeah. And whoever wins, if you beat Bison, you're, you're the world's greatest warrior. You know, you've defeated warriors from all over the world, so you've proved yourself to be the greatest street fighter, essentially. So it's basically a bunch of burly Oliver, like, twists, just punching each other in the street, and then yeah. Bison says, you, I'm going to fight you. Yeah, essentially. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> I thought this was just another Mortal Kombat. No, 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 no. Wow, this is this is so like this was a this was a video game that doesn't have a plot turning it into a movie with some cohesive this is version like, of the plot. This is like Kirkland Coca-Cola. It's yeah. it's not It's not the real thing. It's not the real thing. It'll do the job, you know. And then also, okay, so then they're in the thing, they're in the temple. Okay. And then somehow or another a bunch of them break free and run away, except for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Who stays to fight Bison. Go Gomez, Bison. Right. And then he fights Bison. <laughs> this is when the movie starts to explode. It loses its mind. So he fights Bison, and then Bison goes flying into this computer screen, which I also have to say, that was probably the most polite <laughs> voiceover of like something exploding that I've ever heard. Oh. That was like... 25 minutes to full detonation. <laughs> the, like, she was The computer cheery. system's really, like, funny in this. It has, like, all these lines where That's the right. soldiers are fighting each other, the guns are going off, and people are, like, uh, like again, when the movie's losing its mind, the, the intercon comes on, and it's like, reminder, it is your responsibility to, main to maintain your health care benefits at all times. If you have any questions, CHR. You know, it's like shit like it's that. So really it's so dumb. It is dumb. It's so dumb. Exactly, but it there doesn't also, pretend there was, to be anything there else. There was another line earlier on in the movie when they're at the warlord gathering yes, thing or whatever. the arms deal. And the journalists decide we're going to blow these guys up, so they take one of their trucks, load it up with, load explosives. It up with explosives, and then send it towards the tent where all the bad guys where Bison are. Bison and Sagat are, yes. And then they send it that way, uh, and there's this one guy... Zangief. Zangief. Yes. Who's this big-ass, <laughs> bulky guy that's watching this on TV because they're, like, broadcasting it as journalists. Right. He sees the truck is coming towards them, and he yells, Change the channel! <laughs> Everyone's like, <laughs> like slow look at him. Oh my! There's a couple of God. moments in this movie that again that give it the levity so it needs. Ridiculous. And like I said, this movie doesn't pretend to be anything but what it is. No. It's just '90s schlock. But it again, is. it's elevated when you have actors like Raul Julia taking the material right. and embracing it for what it is. Right. And then just 
taking it up a notch, right. like really playing it to the nth degree. So that's when Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks his ass. Yes. He dies, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. But then he has his this suit has, amazing suit. His suit has life support. It has it has an AED, and, you and see it has like an his, adrenaline injection. You like his see shirt his shirt, is shirt like, like going like this. this. It's like bumping up and down, and right. like you see stuff happening within his shirt. Right. Oh, it's, it's so, so ridiculous. So his suit brings him back to life, but since he's been electrocuted by his computer, he can also shoot electromagnetism out of his fingers and fly in the wide shots if you watch this movie after he gets up you can see the wires that are hooked to his boots oh really because his boots light up when he flies right and so in the wide shot you can see the wires like trailing behind him oh. even though they're they're supposed to be transparent you can see you them can if see you them well oh, that's all right i think so that's okay. I, I think I want to dive into a little bit more of the backstory of the movie. Okay. We've pretty much given the plot. I mean, honestly, like, the plot is is that there's several people that are coming for Bison. Bison is a bad guy. Then they all try to get him, and they get captured. And then they all get out. Break free, and, and then chaos have a, ensues. And honestly, then, at the end, they have a high school musical jump freeze frame pose. Yes, they do. All of their victory poses from the video game, which I thought was really, really good. Little nice touch. And I, I wanted to give a shout out to the beginning of this movie because it shows the Universal logo. Oh, that's right. And then the logo, like the planet, like planet Earth pulls back and then you get like the credits like In living color. Raul Julia and then like the, the logo grows out of the earth. It's so cool. You really have to watch the opening of the movie to really kind of get what I'm talking about. Yes. But long story short, D'Souza makes his pitch to Capcom. Capcom says yes. Okay. He says, I want to make this into like a James Bond kind of commando action movie where Bison's the bad guy, Guile's the good guy, and it's good versus evil. Okay. Because there's no other way you can make a story out of all of this. Like they sent him a dossier like that thick with every character's info. Like, he's like, there's no fucking way I can make this work. Right. And so he decides to make it a 90-minute action film about Guile versus Bison, essentially. Okay. So even on his way, uh, he's on the plane to Thailand to start filming. He hasn't even cast the entire movie yet. What? He has Van Damme. He has Raul Julia. He was able to get Van Damme because that's what Capcom wanted. However, Van Damme just came out of his third divorce, and he had a massive cocaine addiction. Oh, my God. So they God. actually hired a guy to specifically be attached to his hip and watch him the entire time. A the problem wrangler? was this Wrangler was just as bad as he was, and the Wrangler ended up partying with him in Bangkok while they were filming on location. Oh, my God. Van Damme, so Kylie Minogue was the last person to be cast as Cammy. Okay. Like he needed... He needed someone for Cammy, and the Australians, since they were shooting in Bangkok and then on a soundstage in Australia, okay. the Australians really Jesus. wanted an Australian actress in that role. Okay. And so while he was on the plane, he was flipping through Australian People magazine, and he saw Kylie Minogue's picture, and he's like, oh my God. And, in, and within 24 hours, he had her cast. Oh my so God. So they had the entire roster finally filled. See, this is why you get your picture in in-flight magazines. Exactly, because you never know. You never know. You just never know. I don't know. think it was probably an in-flight magazine, but... So Why did I say magazine? All of the cast and crew meet for the first read-through, and all of the actors are there, and you see this team of people kind of wrangling this gentleman in, and they sit him down because he can't get to his chair by himself. And Damien Chapa's looking across the table, and he doesn't realize it's Raul Julia, who had surgery oh. for stomach cancer the year before. 
And so he was very skinny, very gaunt. Um, thankfully, and this sort of ended up being a problem for the movie, they actually ended up flipping the movie's schedule. They were going to do the action scenes first and mm-hmm. then do the dialogue scenes after that. However, since Raul Julia was so sick and so frail, he needed time to gain weight and get stronger. So they ended up flipping the schedule. So sorry, they actually did the action stuff first. My fault. Oh no, they they did do the action stuff first. They did the action scenes first. Correct. Because Raul Julia had a lot of dialogue in this movie. So they wanted to, again, like flesh him up, make sure he was healthy looking and then do his scenes when he didn't look so frail. Right. So they shot all of the action scenes first. Oh, okay. And then all of the dialogue second. As he was getting well. The problem is. So the action is, stuff correct. when he was not in. So he's getting better while all the other action stuff is shooting. He okay. brings his family on location. So they're like doing all this kind of touristy stuff while he's resting and eating. Aww. And it actually works. It, like he he looks pretty good. Yeah. The first scene. He just looks severe. He looks yes. like, you know, an evil guy. Yeah. He just He doesn't look If you've seen unhealthy. The Addams Family, he doesn't look as healthy and fleshed out as Gomez Adams right. was. But at the same time, he looks better, you know, yeah. in, in that situation. It makes sense for the character. So they were like, oh, wow. So they, they had to flip the schedule. All the action scenes were shot first. But the problem was is that there's a lot of action in this movie. Okay. And the stunt coordinator they hired is like old school Hollywood. He did all the stunts for Die Hard, for True Lies. Like oh, this guy is serious into his work. And he's like, I need time to do the wire work stuff. Hire yeah. actors that can move, who can fight, who are in good shape. And so when they flipped the schedule last minute, that changed Killed everything. everything so wow. they literally had to choreograph stuff either on the day or the day what? before well that makes sense why it there's was a so show. little fighting so D'Souza had to take and do the dialogue scenes because they ended up being 15 days behind schedule because there were days Van Damme just didn't show up to set because not only was he doing so much coke he was actually having an extramarital affair with Kylie Minogue during the movie like he was just off what partying is happening hard and there are interviews with actors like Damien Chapa and uh, Byron Mann, who plays Ryu. He says, basically, let me put it this way. We were young. We had a lot of money. And we were in Thailand where stuff was cheap. You do the math. Like, people... Oh, my like, God. Everyone was, like, malnourished because there were crew members who ended up, like, getting, like, uh, diseases... Stomach from, stuff. ...from, like, the contaminated water. Yep. And so they ended up being two weeks behind. So they, wow. they wrapped filming on location in Bangkok, and they're headed to Australia. But they didn't give them any extra time. So They that just ex- had to just burn through. That explains why there's a lot of this movie... A lot of this movie is truly missing. Like it, and you can sort of see it in the edits and in the final cuts. Yeah, it just felt like there was a bunch of stuff that wasn't connected. Right, right. They made it because Capcom wanted it released during the holidays. They released it in either November or December, I forget which, but it, they wanted it to be a holiday movie, so they had no time. You really have to read the Polygon article to get a, a feel for how chaotic this shoot was. Again, with Van Damme not showing up, oh with him being God. addled with his cocaine habits, but Raul Julia was a complete pro. Which it's like, the man had stomach cancer. The man who had the one excuse to to maybe have a beef or maybe take a little extra time to sleep in 
didn't do that because he's a consummate pro. There's this one scene Christ where Bison has to take a, a, a he has to jump from one platform to another. He has to swing on a wire. Right. And it was actually Raul Julia who did it. And Raul's up there. The stunt guy's like calling it, like calling action, and nothing's happening. And he's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just stalling for time. Just give me a minute." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, well, I appreciate that." So Raul Julia had like nothing but a positive attitude. He was a total pro. Showed up on time. Did his job. And again, that's what I said at the beginning is that he's the only part of this movie you really remember. Which again, because like, he is he, larger than life. He is, and, it's and he's like, dying. He's, like he's actually dying in real life, and he is larger as than this life. Is happening in and this film. The thing is, is that like his his character is crazy and larger than life, but it doesn't lack any honesty. No, like it's not like like uh, in Mortal Kombat. What's his name? The main guy with the hat. Uh, the wizard guy. Oh, Raiden. Raiden. Yes. I didn't believe him for a second. Right. Even though he was Chris over Lambert the top and crazy. The, right. No, but Chris it's Lambert like, but. but it's for this, it was like, oh my God, he had so much conviction yeah. for this ridiculous character yeah. and he was committing 1,000 That's because he knew what it was. Right. Like, he takes something he's like, oh, I know exactly how to play this. This is... This, this is, is a Bond villain. This is Noises Off, the Mortal Kombat <laughs> version. Essentially. It was just... So many characters. He, so, you have to be earnest in it. Yeah, you have he really to. And he it. did, and it, it absolutely worked. And he's truly the only thing you remember about it. But they talk a little about the editing process where they sent it off to the MPAA. The MPAA gave it back with a What's radar. MPAA? The Motion Picture Association of America. Okay. Who gives all the grade, the, the ratings to it, oh, essentially. Oh, okay. So they send it off to the MPAA. They they give it a rated R rating. Which they needed, even though he shot, PG-13. Yeah, even though he shot it, he, he made a PG-13 movie, but they said, you need to remove more blood. Which I think you also see in some of the fights, because... Yeah, there was hardly any this, blood. The, the, the best fight in the whole movie is when Sagat and Vega fight Ken and Ryu in, in, the, in the weight room. Um, that was good. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you have, like, uh, four different characters kind of squaring off against each other, and it was supposed to be much more violent and have a lot of, like, the super moves that are incorporated in the video game. The problem was is that since they were so limited, mm-hmm. they had no time to do any of that stuff. I wonder if this is going to pick up. I think it will. That's okay. It's really raining. It's guys. raining very hard. Wow. It's okay, pal. It's okay, bud. It's okay. <laughs> wow, Rocket got really scared. He got him. really upset. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, the, I think it's hail. I think it's hail. Yeah. Well, hopefully this isn't too distracting. But anyhow, anyhow so they so shoot a PG thirteen movie, and they take a lot of the blood out, a lot of the more violent parts of the fights out, mm-hmm. and you see that in the final product. It's not as like hardcore as it should be. So again, it felt like it, this is what we see all the time when there's a movie that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. It's because they make it for multiple audiences. Right. Uh, Capcom was probably thinking about their, you know, teens, yeah, you have to get kids middle and teens schoolers, in you like, have to get that's them into the their main thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, the director is like, I want to make, a, like, a badass that's, like, you know, like, he's at a Bond movie. Yeah. Which, that's a rated R movie. Yeah, essentially. But he tried to make a PG-13 version of a rated R movie, and... 
that's when you come down to something that doesn't, and then with everything else that was going on right. behind the scenes. And so once you remove those clips where people have like too much blood on their face or one shot was too violent, you actually lose clips of dialogue as well. And so this that actually so takes weird. parts of the plot out of the finished movie. So thanks to some really clever editing, there's more or less a cohesive movie there. Kind of. Yeah. So again, the movie made three times, more than three times its original budget. So it ended up being a success. Long story short, D'Souza never directed another movie <laughs> um, because in the U.S. it just didn't do that well. And that just stains your career forever, I guess. Oh, I just saw Lightning. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So anyway... I fucking love this movie. The, the, another <laughs> another big part of going to see this movie was that you knew you were going to see the trailer for Mortal Kombat because that was coming out next see, year. See, and I've never been a person that's like, I have to go see this movie because of the trailer. I think like, everyone on this, everyone viewing this can be like, oh, that's actually why you go see movies is no. because of the trailers. Especially well, now, back then. Like, Well, right, because then you they didn't really Now you get like 20 commercials with you, every movie. Right. Or you can see trailers online. Right. Back then you didn't have that You option. had to wait. You had to go to the theater and be like, oh, wow, I hope I see the trailer for Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, for people that don't you know? know that, like who have life like before, after Pre-internet. This, this is 94. Before the internet. Right. Yeah, you couldn't see trailers Unless online. you were at the movie. You have to go to yeah. see a different movie to see a trailer for a movie you actually and wanted you to see. And you saw the Mortal Kombat trailer for this movie and just imagining like 10-year-old me like hearing the music and like seeing glimpses of like Sub Zero and Scorpion come on screen, mm -hmm. like I lost my fucking mind. Like <laughs> at this movie and at Mortal Kombat, of course. But iTunes trailer app forever or for the win. <laughs> for the yep. win, exactly. By the way, Stafford also said, "Oh my God!" When we were talking about the Kylie Minogue nonsense and the Claude Jean Claude. Oh Van Damme yeah, oh yeah. Crazy. It's it's all over the place. The director confirmed it. Jean Claude Van Damme confirmed it himself. Wow. He did a lot of drugs, and they were shooting on location in Thailand. Van Damme had a lot of familiarity with Thailand already, just from movies like Bloodsport, some of the older movies he did. So he prided himself on showing Kylie Minogue his Thailand, but they just ended up having this like joyride of an affair. So. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There you go. In my head, I'm like, I wonder which song Kylie Minogue sang that was about Jean Claude Van Damme. Can't get you out of my head. Can't. That would be it? great. Yeah. That would be great. Maybe. Let's make that. Let's just <laughs> set that right now. We're going to set that. That's what it is. I would recommend this movie for anyone who likes schlocky action movies that are just soaked in 90s nostalgia. But also, again, you don't remember Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie. If you appreciate like true, true acting from a true professional, taking it up to 11 and just milking it for all it's worth and playing it with such conviction... Mm -hmm. Watch Raul Julia in this movie. He's I mean, so he's worth fucking good. Movie. Every time he's on screen, you're just you can't take your eyes off of yes. him. Yes, you know it's amazing. So, it's it's a rite of passage. Now, you have to see Street Fighter thing, once. Is is that I would say cue the trivia music. Here's our trivia, but you did. Mostly I think I just did twenty trivia. minutes of trivia. Is there any other trivia? I mean, can you check? I don't. I, I I flipped through the trivia and it was all stuff from this Polygon ad. So again, I highly recommend if you haven't done it, go on to Polygon and just look up Street Fighter the movie, and it's a really great read. 
Um, D'Souza actually continued to do a little bit of work. He ended up uh, doing uh, some screenwriting on True Lies, which came out of this. So his career wasn't shattered. He just never directed another movie. Which I think is okay. The stunt coordinator who ended up getting like completely screwed on this movie because he had no time. Right. Uh, will continue to badmouth this guy until the day he dies. Like D'Souza essentially made him his second unit director oh. because they ended up getting three more days to shoot up in Vancouver after, after Vancouver, BC. Yeah, yeah. So the a, a little bit so of three different a little places? bit of trivia here, I guess. So they they ended filming with like eighty percent of the movie shot. So all the actors are going home, kind of scratching their heads. Like, uh, the, the movie wasn't finished. And so, like, two months later, these guys get phone calls saying, hey, we actually got another three to four days to shoot up at a soundstage in Toronto. So, that, oh, excuse me, in, in Vancouver, B.C. So oh they ended God. up rebuilding all of the sets, the same sets they had in Australia, and they shot all of these scenes. So thankfully, they were able to get a completed movie in the can, more or less, but they knew they were screwed. See, I feel because like that's the fifth time that you've said more or less. More or less. You've said if you watch it's the a movie, plot, more or less. It's super it's a patchy. Completed film ish. More or less. Just don't. They got the movie done. More or less. <laughs> that's like getting a car and being like, it works. It should be the tagline. It should be the tagline for this movie. Street Fighter. More, more or, or less. less. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Who would you recommend this movie to? I would recommend this, honestly, I would recommend this movie to any kid that is feisty and possibly interested in martial arts or not even, there's barely any martial there's arts not in a this. Lot of martial arts. Like, there's some good fights at the end, like the 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 Ken Ryu versus Sagat and Vega. I really liked Honda versus Zangief, the two bigger guys, kind of. I did love out. the the Vega guy. Yeah, the guy I, with the claw. Yeah. So he has this big, massive mask that he wears and this big ass claw. Which also, too, when they were in prison, he like makeshifts <laughs> he, a claw out of like forks he takes, and like, bamboo sticks. Bird talons and makes those like the hooks. It's like he can't be and without he, like, his claw. Jury rigged this whole thing. He can't he like, be. He's my, like Maui without his hook. Claw. He needs his claw. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing. And like he had that braid. Mm-hmm. I don't think he said more than three words. No, he had a lot of showmanship, whole... and that's that's part of his characters. That that's why he wears the mask to protect his face because he's a pretty boy. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and he I wouldn't had no clue because this movie was cut. So horrible. Yes, <laughs> cut to smithereens. But at the same time, like you, you compare that to like guy to Guile and Bison fighting. You'll notice Raul Julia is only in the close-ups. Wait, when, Guile and Bison. The two main. The two guys. main guys. I'm Raul sorry. Raul Julia and and. I didn't remember Bandana. who the Hawaiian guy is. The Hawaiian. Guy? The Hawaiian sumo wrestler. Oh, Honda. Honda. Yes. Honda was great. Yeah, he's, he's also in New Fifty Girl. First Dates and New Girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he's great. He's and like, like, there's this one part where this guy's torturing him, like whipping the shit out of him, and he's like, like picking at his teeth and just, <laughs> oh. And then his friend, the boxer, Belron, yes, which was so dumb. He didn't look at all like a boxer. He looked like he had dad bod. It was, it was not. He didn't look like a boxer. I'm gonna confuse you guys even more. Great. A little bit of video game nerd facts here, more or less. M. Bison wasn't supposed to be called M. Bison. So in the original Japanese game... Oh, my God. They came up with the name M. Bison to give to the boxer. 
because M stands for Mike, and they wanted his name to be Mike Bison to be like close to Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. But oh, Mike Tyson's Punch my. Out was a video game that I God. believe was licensed by Capcom. So since they didn't want to get sued, they changed it to M Bison, gave Bison's name to Vega, gave Vega's name to Bison, and then gave Balrog's name to like. Long story short, all of the bad guys' names are all completely up. traded around. That would make me mad. Bison's actually it should be Vega. Vega should actually be Balrog, and M. Who's Bison should be Balrog. <laughs> right? Like that's ridiculous. It's so stupid. What the fuck is it's happening so with this stupid. movie? Like what the? How many? I can't, you guys. How many times did I write down? Okay, tank back, scatter, you idiots. Nerf guns. Uh, the braid toss. What camo? The bu- giant warhead for sale. Those aren't your boats. Random ass art. What is happening? Video of his wife and Charlie. But the slow mo is on Charlie. So this is so ridiculous. Oh, the joystick and the button for the uh, map. That was cool. this was this nice little touch that they added yeah, in that was yeah. so cool. So Bison has this hover desk and he's trying to blow up Guile's boat, but the way he's controlling the weapons, he actually has a video game console that's actually used on the arcade machine. It's the dumbest embedded into his thing. into his desk. So that's how he's controlling the weapons is by it's using the game so control. Dumb. It's really great. And I, I said John Clon's the worst actor ever. He's awful. I, and at, towards the end, I was expecting Blazing Saddle style stuff to happen where people oh. just randomly broke through walls. Like, that's how crazy the last 20 minutes were. Yeah. And what the fuck? The suit has life support. Yep. Everything is exploding. <laughs> oh, and then I wrote his chest hair is insane. <laughs> oh, Zangief. Yes. Zangief. Yes. Yes. Oh, and then Charlie. Oh, my God. Charlie turns in. Okay, so when Charlie's captured and he's like tortured and stuff he's actually turned into this like giant mutant guy this yeah. big like this hulk-ish big green guy with red hair with red hair and so jean-claude van damme runs in and he's like i'm gonna save charlie and he finds him which he doesn't look anything like charlie no. now and he's like charlie <laughs> like how did you know it's charlie know? and then he's There's like because no uh, uh, he's been like turned into this yeah, evil like, guy that's been forced uh, to watch all of this horrible uh, stuff right. to make him like a monster and so Which then, is a weird little tie-in to like, do, do visuals actually make people violent? I don't know. Was this like some sort a of commentary on, about the commentary about the violence games? of video games, which I think is absolutely bullshit. It is bullshit. It's been proven that it's bullshit. Yes. Anyway, I just thought of that. But and Continue. then, uh, so then Jean-Claude Van Damme is like, oh, so you're evil. Well, I guess I have to kill you now. He immediately like, pulls out his, his gun and like puts it to his head. He's like, friend, I'll free you, buddy. Don't worry. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Is, you a, didn't even. You're like, You're not let me like, see if there's like a serum in here. Is there something else we could do? He's like, wow. Maybe I can wipe see, this, this green shit off this is what happens you. when he goes to the store. When this character goes to the store and realizes he's 10 cents short, he just shoots the cashier register. <laughs> right. Like, that's just his like... Taking this. Oh, it was so ridiculous. Uh, I did not... And then like the doctor's like, you don't you don't need to fucking shoot him. Yeah, you like, whoa, dude. Calm down. Oh, you don't need to do that. So everybody escapes. And then Kylie Minogue is just crying. <laughs> just standing there crying. <laughs> This was so ridiculous. Again, I didn't dislike it. It just, the movie just, now that I know all of this stuff about what was happening, not only with the cast, but also with the shoot schedule, what was happening literally with the, the, the fighting between like the producers and Capcom and like the screenwriting and the directing. 
Like, it's no wonder that it became the kind of oh, the hot mess show. that yeah. it is. Yeah. I would recommend watch watch the movie, read the Polygon article. It'll make you appreciate the movie, I think, even more. Um, and like you said, it's not a movie you can really dislike. It's just it's no. just it's silly. It's really. I would silly. recommend it for people that have like young kids that you know. Make, young kids, really? Yeah. Well, kids. I mean, it's a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, I guess so. It's a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. I would have probably been able to watch it. Probably. Like a PG thirteen movie. Just it's it's something that I would consider a sleepover movie. The cut that ended up being in the final movie the, the MPA actually gave it a rated G really yeah no that's PG-13 and the only way they made it PG-13 was that they added the word shit in there because Van Damme is infiltrating the base and he's like four years of ROTC for this shit that's the only reason it was given a PG-13 rating because it was cut so much it they took really out all the was. blood they took out all the violence and what I you're left with is a rated G movie. I wonder if there's a way to see it the way that That's it was originally cut. That's what I'm saying. Cut. Like, release, like, the, the D'Souza cut. You know, dis- like, the yeah. original 94. That would be fucking uh, interesting. Can you imagine? That would be 26 interesting. 26 years later? Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. That'd be interesting. Make it happen, internet. So I would recommend it for either, you know, like, kids in a sleepover movie to watch a ridiculous oh, movie. Yeah. Or I would recommend it for people that want a drinking game. Like, oh man, it's it's just it's definitely a group movie. Like, Very I would much. say watch it with other people because there's going to be so much happening. Yeah. Um. So you know we're in quarantine times. Yeah. Quarantine. Enjoy. So if you got ninety minutes, if you have ninety minutes, like everybody get this ready and then everybody press play at the same time so that you can all like comment as you're watching right. it because it's insane. Yeah. Um. And lastly, shout out to Wes Studi who plays Sagat. He just won, last year, he just won an Academy Award, um, and he is the first Indigenous American to win an Academy Award. So props to Wes for a long and storied career. He's an incredible actor. Yeah, he's in Heat, he's in Last of the Mohicans. Uh, Yeah, really, really great actor. Oh my God, that awful line where he's, because he wears an eye patch, and so that awful line where Bison's like, I guess you didn't see that. Please watch this movie. It'll give you so much joy. Oh yeah. I don't know what we're watching next, and we actually yeah. didn't. We didn't do a charity this time, which um, is okay. Which is okay. Yeah. We may do one next, but you know, thank you so much to everybody who's donated the last several times. We really appreciate it. Yeah. At this point, we've raised over one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. yeah. for uh, COVID relief. So thank you to everybody who's donated. Um, so I think we'll be back next week. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we should watch. Yeah. If you guys have any ideas, uh, movies that we should watch, since everyone is practicing physical distancing let us know yes. and we'd be happy to uh, think outside of the box but yeah uh, comment uh, on Instagram yep. we're on Instagram it's at Simac uh, I think it's at Simac podcast mm-hmm. yes uh, so find us on Instagram feel free to comment and let us know what you would like us to review um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and uh, I think that's everything that's it. thanks for tuning in guys hope you enjoyed go watch Street Fighter it'll change your life I mean you can if you, you want you know more or less it'll change your life more or less more or less but we'll be back next week we love you all thank you you for tuning in Bye. bye